This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Slater, Slater's America's greatest country in the world. Happy Saturday. Thank you for being here. We are going to be a bit more on the news and and politics side uh, than usual today. But it's been that kind of week. It's been a bit of of an uh, absurd week. Uh, although I think that hit an apex on Wednesday with the BuzzFeed story. What have we said here for years? If you're a longtime Mike Slater Show listener, you know where I'm going for this. For years, we've said never, ever, ever under any circumstances go to BuzzFeed. For any reason, what's, you are better than that. You are a better person than that. So do not ever go to BuzzFeed. Certainly not for your news. <laughs> All right, so mistake number one uh, that the country fell for that from BuzzFeed should have been your first hint right there. So I suppose we got to take a uh, talk a bit about that uh, coming up a little later. Also, not a big story anywhere else, I, I don't think. Uh, but I live in San Diego, and the Chargers have decided to move to Los Angeles. Stinks for football fans here. Uh, I, I, I don't. I don't think it affects anyone else across the country, but there are some interesting economic lessons here that I think are worth talking about. Uh, San Diego is a great example of the taxpayers standing up to the billionaires in the NFL and saying, no, we are not playing your game. We're not going to give you a $1.8 billion stadium. Now, I would say that the taxpayers of San Diego called the bluff of the Chargers, but that's not true because the Chargers did leave. <laughs> but still, uh, it just wasn't a good investment. It's not a good investment. It wasn't a good investment for San Diego. It's not a good investment for anyone. So we'll chat about that a little later as well. I want to start off, though, with uh, Jeff Sessions because we got, I got a bunch of stories to share here. Jeff Sessions, oh, there were obviously there were a lot of um, hearings this week right, from, from Trump's nominees. And Jeff Sessions kicked off the week. Senator from Alabama, the first prominent politician to endorse Trump, I think, right? Very early, surprisingly early uh, endorsement of Trump. And he was, of course, nominated to be attorney general. Here's the bottom line with with the whole thing with Jeff Sessions, and then we'll go into more detail and share some stories that I haven't heard anyone else share, some context and background. There is zero, absolutely zero, credible proof given by anyone that Jeff Sessions is a racist at all. And it's weird because they're not even trying. Like They're not even trying to give proof. They're simply making broad accusations. They're not even making specific accusations anymore. It's just broad accusations. Did you catch any of the testimony by Cory Booker? Right, This is a uh, history-making testimony because it was the first time a sitting senator has ever testified against a senator for a, for a, a position like this. 
So I'm expecting something big, something bombshell, something specific, like a recording. Here's something Jeff Sessions told me that was super racist, and I'm going to play it for you now, like something like that. And all it was was Cory Booker getting up there for a few minutes talking about how like, we need to have justice for everyone, and, and Sen- Senator Sessions won't protect women and minorities, whatever. Period. And the sentence, that was it. There was no specific evidence given at all. It was so bizarre. And then all the headlines are, Cory Booker grills Jeff Sessions or calls him racist. Or, or, it's like, well, <laughs> guys, there's zero proof given at all. So claims, though, that he's been a racist have been, thro- been thrown around for, for decades. So I want to talk about some of those claims here. It doesn't matter because Jeff Sessions is going to be the next attorney general. But it matters just moving forward so that when you read headlines, you don't fall for them. And then even when you read the story and you read accusations, you don't fall for those because it's one thing to give give accusations. Anyone can do that. That's lazy. You got to give some proof, actual proof. And there's none of that against Jeff Sessions. So I want to, uh, you know, where do where do we start here, right? The ACLU gave a, a testimony, and I just I'm just going to go in the order that they make their accusations against Jeff Sessions. Is that fair? I mean, that way I'm not. I'm, I'll go I'll go in the order that the ACLU thought it was appropriate to go in. Uh, let me start with this line here at bottom. Our concern is whether Senator Sessions will be able, in good faith, to fulfill the obligations of the nation's top law enforcement official, namely to defend the rights of all Americans, and in particular, those of the most vulnerable among us. Okay. Uh, Let's start here. Senator Sessions' past statement and actions have demonstrated not just insensitivity, but active hostility to the rights of many of our fellow citizens. He has reportedly made racially offensive remarks to African-American colleagues. Okay, we'll start with that one. He has reportedly made racially offensive remarks to African-American colleagues. Okay, what racially insensitive remarks? Name them. So one of the big ones that's thrown around is that he said, Senator Sessions said, that a white lawyer who prosecutes a white person in a hate crime is a traitor to his race. Have you heard that accusation about him? Have you heard that? So, so Jeff Sessions, so there's a, there's a white lawyer def- or, or prosecuting a white guy for killing a black person or whatever. That white person is a traitor to their race. Where did that accusation come from? All right, here's the backstory. 30 plus years ago, Senator Sessions was the U.S. attorney for Southern Alabama. There was a guy, his name's uh, J. Gerald Hebert. He was a lawyer working on a, a voting rights case in Alabama, and he was working alongside Jeff Sessions, U.S. Attorney Sessions. When Sessions was nominated for federal judge in 1986, this Herbert, Hebert guy testified against Sessions. And this is the story that he shared. I'm going to read from his testimony in 1986. He says, Mr. Sessions and I were in his office. And, we, and see, if you can, see if you can follow the players involved in this story, because you can see how absurd this whole thing is. Mr. Sessions and I were in his office, and we were talking about different judges' handling of cases. And in the course of that, 
the context of that conversation, I mentioned to him that one of the judges had reportedly said, and I still to this day do not know if he said it, but I mentioned to Mr. Sessions that, you know, this had been said that a lawyer who handled civil rights cases in Mobile was either a traitor to his race or a disgrace to his race. Okay, so pause there for a minute. What we have here is a guy talking about something he heard other people say about what a judge supposedly said. So do you have the game of telephone so far? So Mr. Hebert's like, yeah, I was, you know, I was talking to Jeff Sessions about what I heard other people say some judge apparently said. So I have no proof, no proof that the judge actually said this. I only heard it through someone else, but I was telling Jeff Sessions about what I heard other people say this judge said. Okay, you following that so far? So Joe Biden up there, he says, so what was your recollection of, of Mr. Sessions' response to your statement? And Hebert said, as I recall, he said, well, he probably is. And then later in the testimony, Sessions, he said that Sessions said, well, maybe he is. Okay, so this guy says, I remember other people saying that a judge said white lawyers who defend white people uh, or prosecute white people are a traitor to their race. And I remember Jeff Sessions say, yeah, the white guy probably is a traitor or maybe he is a traitor. So the guy doesn't even remember. Like, so it's, it's something that he heard other people say someone else said. So Jeff Sessions didn't say white people are a traitor to the race. But Jeff Sessions' response to that was either, yeah, the guy probably is, or maybe he is. I don't exactly remember. So there you go. That, there's the, that's the whole accusation that Jeff Sessions said, white, white lawyers who prosecute white people are traitors to their race. That's where that all comes from. Now, Jeff Sessions was asked about this. And Jeff Sessions says, no, 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 that's not how it went at all. Jeff Sessions remembers that lawyer guy saying to him that the white lawyer probably isn't popular around town. And Jeff Sessions said something like, yeah, he probably isn't. But that's a statement on, on the racial situation in Alabama at the time. That's not, that's not, Jeff Sessions saying he's a traitor to his race or Jeff Sessions saying the guy shouldn't be popular around town. That's Jeff Sessions saying like, oh yeah, you know, there's still racial tensions here and you know, the the lawyer's probably not popular. But it says nothing about what Jeff Sessions believes is the right thing to do or, you know what I mean? So like that, like that is so, that's what this entire thing is based on. That's absurd. How unfair would it be if you were applying for a job and I said, well, wait a second. I remember I had a conversation with you or with this guy, you, uh, about something someone else said about someone else. And I think I remember what the, what the guy, what your response was to it. And it was, it was, it was kind of, I think if I remember right, I think it was kind of racist. How unfair would that be if I went to, to your potential employer and said that? Yeah, I was, t- I was talking to him about something someone else said that I, that, that they, someone else said, and I remember him saying, I think in response, like, what is that? But that's all it takes. That's all it takes. And people run with that. And Jeff Sessions is a flaming racist to the point where the ACLU can get up there and say, yeah, you know, I, 
he's reportedly made racially offensive remarks. Did he? No. All right, so there's just one example. Got a few more I want to share next. one 888 But again, I just please have s- such a discerning eye when it comes to headlines. And then when even when you read stories, you got to go a little deeper. Not a lot, a little, a lot deeper into the background. And then come to your own conclusion. one 888 Mike Slater Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. Mike Slater. We'll continue in a moment on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. We're just going to keep rolling through these because there's a bunch here, and I want to make sure we definitely get done by the end of the hour about Jeff Sessions. Got a lot more to do. Uh, Next claim against Jeff Sessions, the next attorney general. uh, This is uh, according to the ACLU. He vigorously defended President-elect Trump's patently unconstitutional call for a Muslim ban on immigration. Okay. um, Put aside for a minute here whether or not you think this ban is a good idea or not okay so put that aside put aside even whether or not you think it's moral or immoral i don't think it's unconstitutional right so that's what they said they said president-elect trump's patently unconstitutional call um i don't think it's unconstitutional people cite the establishment clause which is in the first amendment it says congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof so people will say, oh, if you have a Muslim ban on immigration, then that is prohibiting the free exercise of that religion. Yes, but the Constitution only applies to American citizens. So if President Trump banned all Muslims from coming to America, he wouldn't be prohibiting the free exercise of Muslims in America from exercising their religion. Right? He'd, he'd, be, he'd be prohibiting people from Syria from exercising their religion here, but they don't have a, the constitutional protection that an American citizen does. Right? So that's, I don't, I don't see how that violates the constitution, but that's, I guess that's neither here nor there because Trump never once ever called for banning of all Muslims. That is complete revisionist history. Um, any ban he talked about at the, at the, at the first place was with the massive stipulation, which we've talked about a million times on Fox and CNN and everywhere until until our country's representatives can figure out what is going on. That was the rest of his sentence. And as we always say, first, never go to BuzzFeed ever. Second, if someone leaves out a sentence of usually the Constitution, right? If they're quoting the Constitution, they leave out part of the uh, the sentence, then they're uh, probably misleading you in some way, right? They're trying to be deceitful. Same thing here. If you're going to quote Trump, you got to quote the rest of the sentence until until our country's representatives can figure out what's going on. Now, the quick example I like to give of how we don't know what's going on is at the time he said that, 72 people who were on the terror watch list work for the Department of Homeland Security. 
Try that one on for size. There are 72 people who are on the terror watch list who work for the Department of Homeland Security, not work in the federal government, which would be one thing if they work for like, I don't know, Social Security Administration. They work for the Department of Homeland Security and they are on the terror watch list. Not two, 72. That's crazy. That's a nice example of how we have no idea what's going on. But of course, if we talked about a million times as well, Trump does all these things just to get attention. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, they whittle it down to something that makes a lot more sense. And the official position today is that you shouldn't be able to immigrate here if you come from a country with known terrorist ties and we don't know who you are. I've talked to my local show with two. Uh, one immigrant was from Afghanistan and one was from Iraq. Uh, San Diego has a, a huge called chaldean population who are christians uh they're christians from iraq but also a ton of iraqi refugees come to san diego uh and also a bunch of afghan refugees and i talked to two of them and they both said oh no no no, you can't you can't just have people from syria and, and, and iraq and afghanistan come here unless you know who they are and i said well what about you and both of them worked with the navy seals in in their countries for years before they were able to seek asylum here in America. So their response is, well, I, I, they know who, who I, you know who I am. America knows who I am. The SEALs can vouch for me. But to just let people in here willy-nilly, they're like, no, you can't do that. Trust me, you can't do that. So anyway, um, that's the position. Now, you can disagree with it, of course, but that's a pretty sensible position to have, and it's a legal position to take. And you can disagree with it, but that doesn't make... Someone who does agree with it, a racist. But anyway, back to Jeff Sessions. Lindsey Graham asked if he would support, uh, well, here's the quote, would you support a law that says uh, you can't come to America because you're a Muslim? And Jeff Sessions said, no, I would not support that law. And I don't think many people would. So here's the end of that <laughs> controversy, right? Uh, let me introduce this one, and we'll have to polish off it in the in the next segment. Uh, Jeff Sessions, this is according to the ACLU. Jeff Sessions has criticized the Voting Rights Act, and as a U.S. attorney in Alabama, he prosecuted civil rights activists for merely assisting African Americans to vote. Okay, uh, he criticized the Voting Rights Act because he said it was uh, intrusive, and by intrusive he meant it only applied. And he clarified this in his testimony it only applies to certain states and when a federal government passes a law it should apply to all states not just some states that's what he, that that was the critic criticizing in the voting rights act right the, his criticism wasn't whoa 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 black people shouldn't be allowed to vote like that, like that wasn't the criticism but they don't clarify they don't go into detail so they just let your mind assume the worst my wife and i we have a rule in our marriage don't assume the worst Right when someone says something, you can either assume the worst or you can assume the best about what they're trying to say, and all most of the time people assume the worst. So when the ACLU says, "Oh, he critic he's he's criticized the Voting Rights Act," people go to, "Oh, he doesn't want black people to vote." Whatever. No, no, no. He he just thinks it should be applied equally to all states and and be written to apply to all states. That's what that is. But here's the main story I want to get to, and then we'll wrap up Jeff Sessions and move on. He prosecuted civil rights activists for merely assisting African-Americans to vote. When they throw the word merely in there, again, they're trying to frame that because that's not, 
all that they were doing, the people that he prosecuted. So we'll give you the full backstory of that. What, what is that about? Who did he prosecute and why? I'll tell you the whole story coming up next. one 888 Slater Radio on Twitter. Mike Slater Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. This is Mike Slater. Part of the next generation of talk radio. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Mike Slater. Slater, 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 Uh, I think we have time for one last story here about Jeff Sessions. The the backstory that I haven't heard anyone else give. They just throw out. It's it's weird. Like, I don't know how to describe this. There's, you have proof, okay, which there's none of uh, that in this case, Jeff Sessions Sessions is a racist. Then you have specific accusations, right? He said this, but that's, that never even happened. Like, there's none of that. Like, as we kicked off the show with it, it's, it's not, I heard Jeff Sessions say this. It's someone else said that a judge said something. So I asked Jeff Sessions what he thought about what the judge said. And I think he said this. Or it could have been this. And Jeff Sessions is like, no, I said this. <laughs> I said like, like that. But at least there's like somewhat of a specific accusation there, I guess. And then you have on top of that, you have just broad generalities he is racist but that's nothing and i don't want anyone ever to be fooled by that or ever to make any uh, opinion based off of that because anyone could do that now here's at least an accusation this is from the aclu he prosecuted civil rights activists for merely assisting african-americans to vote all right so what what happened here what's the backstory so it started in the late 1970s there were two main groups in this count in Perry County, Alabama, concerned citizens of Perry County, which we will call uh, the, the white group, and then Perry County Civic Group, which is the black group. Concerned citizens of Perry County and Perry County Civic Group. The Perry County Civic Group was run by Albert Turner, who's a black man who, gosh, he, he's, he fought for the right of black people to vote for, for decades. He first started when he tried to go vote himself. I think he was college educated, super smart guy. And he tried to vote and he didn't pass the, the poll test. Right. So he's like, Oh, this is outrageous. And obviously it was. So he fought for decades to, to help black people to vote. And his work was gaining some traction and he was really successful at it. And more and more black people were voting and more black people were, were winning elections in Perry County. Now this white group concerned citizens of Perry County did not like it. Some will say it's a white supremacist group. They didn't like it because they didn't like black people or they, they just didn't, they disagreed politically. Either way, they tried to encourage uh, more white people to vote in Perry County. Now they did this with a little bit of trickery. It was the election of 1980, I believe. And the polls in Perry County were only open for four hours in the afternoon. How long are the polls open today? From like six to six or something, 12 hours, right? So they were only open for four hours in the afternoon and one third of all the adults worked outside of the county. Now, so obviously the goal here was to limit the amount of time and therefore the number of people who, can, who could vote. Now, what this white group did before that is they encouraged white voters to vote absentee. 
because they knew that a lot of them wouldn't be able to vote in that short time. But they said, oh, listen, if you vote absentee, then you don't actually have to come back and miss a day of work or whatever. So in that election, they were super successful. Obviously, they won a bunch of races. But it took just one more election for the black group to catch up to the trick. So by the 1982 election, this black group got a ton of other people, a ton of black people to register absentee so that they could vote even though they were working, right? Makes sense? So in the next election, 1982, the black absentee vote rose and, and the votes were again even. Actually, not even even. Turns out in 1982, black candidates supported by this black group won majorities on school boards and county commissions in Perry County and three other counties nearby. This group was super successful at getting out the vote. Now, the district attorney at the time, inspired by I do not know what, joined with uh, a black candidate from who was supported by the white group and asked for a federal investigation by the U.S. attorney for Southern Alabama, who happened to be Jeff Sessions at the time, to investigate, right? So what Sessions did is he had an FBI agent stand outside the post office before the next election. So this FBI agent standing outside of this post office in Perry County, and he finds three black people from this group walking towards the post office with hundreds of absentee ballots. And the FBI agent said, whoa, 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 what's going on here? They explained, they took the ballots, opened them up, and found 75 of the ballots had at least one instance where a candidate was filled in, and then it was erased, and, and the vote was changed. With me, right? So, so the accusation or the belief was that this group was getting black people to vote absentee, fill out their ballot, and then they would change the ballot to however they wanted, that this group wanted to vote. Right? Makes sense. And when you have 75 ballots that have that in the hundreds that they were mailing, you can see how that's a, a reasonable suspicion. Long story short, went to trial and Sessions lost the case. People who filled out those disputed ballots, they testified and they said that they made those changes willingly. So Sessions lost the case. The people who were uh, accused, Albert Turner especially, uh, was free to go and everything, nothing happened. Story over. Does that make Jeff Sessions racist? So there's the backstory. To, to the very short sentence, he prosecuted civil rights activists for merely assisting African-Americans to vote. He didn't prosecute them because they were helping. He prosecuted because they thought that they were cheating. Right? He thought that they were fraudulently voting on behalf of other people. Now, it turns out they weren't, so that was it. That was the end of it. Does that make Jeff Sessions a racist? Now, maybe it's worth noting that Perry County, Alabama was known to have voter fraud, and still today, in 2012, Perry County, Alabama has a population of 1,775 people. They had 2,587 people registered to vote. And 80% of the entire town voted in the 2012 election. So it's perhaps a town accounted for some voter fraud. Was the case handled poorly? Was it unwise to take the case at all? 
Could it have been handled differently? Could it have been done differently? Sure. But I think it's a stretch. I think you have to assume the worst to conclude that Jeff Sessions is a racist because of it. No? Or maybe maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm interpreting that poorly. Maybe because he did that, he is, uh, he is racist. That's for you to decide, but at least you have the full backstory of what was going on as opposed to just an accusation. 1-800-7, excuse me, 1-888-933-93. 1-888-933-93. We'll take a quick break here. Uh, come back, we'll put a bow on the whole Jeff Sessions nomination. We'll do that next. Mike Slater Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. The offer of a franchise can only be made through delivery of a franchise disclosure document. All right, last Jeff Sessions story. So uh, the ACLU also said that Sessions described the NAACP as un-American. So again, this is a great example of assuming the worst versus assuming the best. Okay? So if you read that, Jeff Sessions said the NAACP is un-American. What do you, what do you assume? Well, you assume that he's racist, right? These are the, the, everything the NAACP believes in and is is un-American. They're bad people uh, because they're black, and therefore Jeff Sessions is a racist. That's when you assume the worst. But it turns out that accusation is from a testimony in 1986, where someone said that they thought Jeff Sessions believed that the NAACP and the ACLU were un-American. Now, this is interesting. The original testimony where this accusation comes from, the accusation is he believes the NAACP and the ACLU are un-American. But why today do people leave out the ACLU part and only quote the NAACP part? Because that's the racial part. But Jeff Sessions said NAACP and the ACLU are un-American. But you can't cite both of those because then race isn't the main reason. So they leave out the ACLU, ACLU just do the NAACP part. Amazing. Now, in that testimony in 1986, they asked Hebert, the same guy who we talked about at the top of the hour, did he give a reason for his belief about these groups? And Hebert said, he said he thought they did more harm than good when they were trying to force civil rights down the throats of people who were trying to put problems behind them. Now, We can ask Jeff Sessions what he meant by that. Or we can ask for someone else's interpretation of what they thought Jeff Sessions believed. I'd rather ask Jeff Sessions. And Jeff Sessions' response to this was, quote, I recall saying that civil rights organizations, when they demand more than is legitimate, it hurts their position. That is 100% true. And that's true for every organization. But when a civil rights group says, we think this policy or this law, un, uh, you know, it hurts black people more or whatever. Okay, that's legitimate. That's, that's fine. Let's, let's chat about that. But then when the group goes beyond that and says stuff like, you know, reparations for slavery or whatever, that's like, no, no, no. That's, you're, you're demanding more than, than is legitimate. And that hurts your cause. 
your otherwise sensible, reasonable cause is hurt by going too far. That's what Jeff Sessions was saying. When you have a reasonable core, right? That's great. But then when you stray from that into, you know, in this case, reparations for slavery or whatever, that hurts your core. Because people look at you now as this fringe group that, um, you know, shouldn't be listened to with anything. That was Jeff Sessions' point. Now, the un-American part, he was specifically referring to, at the time, the NAACP and the ACLU were supporting the Sandinistas in Nicaragua. That's a Marxist group. And he said when these groups take positions beyond their core purpose, like supporting the Sandinistas in Nicaragua, then they make bad decisions. And yes, even take un-American positions as supporting this Marxist group could very easily be characterized as un-American. That's the context of that. They're not un-American because they're black or they're not un-American because they support um, affirmative action. That, that, like, those are legitimate policy decisions and discussions that we can, of course, have. They're un-American because they support the Marxist group in Nicaragua and they hurt themselves when they go beyond their core mission, which is a righteous mission. But when they go beyond that, they're only hurting themselves. That's what Jeff Sessions said. Isn't that a perfect example of assuming the worst and assuming the best? But everyone wants to assume the worst, of course. Now, any article that you've read about Jeff Sessions and how racist he is, any article that does not also include any of the work that he did to desegregate the schools in Alabama or to prosecute the son of a Klan's member who killed a black teenager. Sessions insisted on the death penalty for, for that guy. Any article about him being a racist that does not also include him just last year standing on the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama, holding hands with Congressman John Lewis and all the other members of the Congressional Black Caucus with big smiles, arm-in-arm love fest, is intentionally leaving those things out to create a perception that is not entirely true. I've read so many articles about John Lewis, civil rights icon John Lewis, eviscerating uh, Jeff Sessions just a couple days ago. And any article that writes, they write about that, that's fine. But you also have to, have to include the fact that Jeff Session, Sessions and John Lewis were holding hands on the bridge in Selma a year ago. And there were no problems then. So why now? Any, any article you read that talks about how Cory Booker eviscerated Jeff Sessions during his testimony also has to include last February, Cory Booker getting up and giving a speech praising uh, uh, Jeff Sessions for awarding uh, the 1965, uh, uh, I think, Selma marchers uh, and giving them the Congressional Gold Medal, right? That was, that was Cory Booker and Jeff Sessions working together to make that happen. So you have to include that full story there. Otherwise, it's just not fair. And you're in they're intentionally being biased. And we always say the, most, the, the, the number one way that the media is biased is not what they say. It's what they don't say. It's what they leave out. And that's a really good example of it. Clearly, there's an agenda. Clearly, they're trying to create a perception and tell a story. And they're doing that by leaving important information out and by leaving context out, which is why I felt there was the need to kick off the show and kick off the first hour, giving the context and the backstory to all these accusations against who will be 
the next attorney general. Uh, no doubt about that. Jeff Sessions. One eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. I hope all that made sense. I hope that was uh, that was somewhat valuable. Coming up next, talk a little bit about. Uh, oh, by the way, Dana did a really awesome show about all the good things Jeff Sessions did uh, for race relations in, in, in Alabama, which is uh, so. So there's aside from there being no evidence that he's a racist, there's a ton of evidence on the contrary, and Dana did an excellent job with that. Glenn did an excellent job the other day telling the story of Upton Sinclair's The Jungle. I want to talk about that and relate that to this ridiculous BuzzFeed story from the other day, which was just fake news. It was the, the, this is so far the apex of fake news, or whatever the opposite of the apex is, the lowest of the low when it comes to fake news. But it's nothing new. It's nothing new. We'll do all that next. Mike Slater Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater. Part of the next generation of talk radio. On the Blaze Radio Network.